From rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new. Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone. In this episode, we'll talk how to make your games inclusive to include everyone at the table or in the room. In the dice roll, we'll list good icebreaker games. And we have an inclusive escape room report where we tackle a room with one of our listeners. Plus, we'll give our Friday favorites. Greg, this podcast is all about, you know, introducing people to games, getting, you know, we're not just for people who have um, maybe played a ton of games and just want reviews or things like that. Mm -hmm. We're trying, you know, we kind of are more for the newbies and the experienced players alike. And one of the things that's important when you're playing any kind of game, doesn't have to just be board games, um, is to make sure that everyone is having a good time. Right. Because what's the point if everyone's not having a good time? Well, I mean... If someone is sitting there, like, clearly not enjoying themselves, what are the odds they want to participate in this activity with you again? Yeah. What are the odds that they will, you know, want to come back to a game night of yours or to go out in an escape room with your, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that's most likely not going to happen. So, and I mean, in some games, like, especially bigger groups, you know, it's it's kind of difficult to have everyone have that special moment, you know, Uh like, make sure that... And everyone engaged. And everyone engaged and all that. At the same level. Yeah, so, so we wanted to kind of, like especially give lists of how to make sure that everyone feels that they had a really fun time and can at least point to that one awesome moment in your game night or your escape room outing where they were like, I did that. That was super fun. Mm -hmm. Let's do this again. So we are going to talk being inclusive in games. Mm -hmm. First of all, regardless of what kind of game that you're having for your game night, it's, it's all about in the end, getting people together Mm -hmm. and just having a good time sharing the moments together and just, you know, enjoying each other's company. And I think one way to let people feel inclusive or included and uh, warm and welcome and part of the group is to let them contribute something in some meaningful way to the gathering itself. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can be many different things. Like perhaps they bring a game themselves that we're going to play that night. You, uh-huh. know? Uh, you know, maybe one person hosts, one person brings the game, one person you know, brings the drinks even, you know, like contributing like different parts of the meal. Uh One person can bring dessert. You know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of ways in which people can put in Mm -hmm. to the night itself, you know? Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to, and this can be even an outing too, when people kind of all contribute, Mm -hmm. it, it kind of helps set the tone and the mood to where maybe one person doesn't feel like, oh, well, I did all the work. Or, oh, well, I spent all the money. Right. Or, oh, well, I drove everyone, so why, you know. Like, I think if everyone's kind of equally sharing and contributing towards the game or the event or whatever it is, um, it just already sets a good tone for whatever you're doing. And especially, as we talked about before, the idea of hosting yourself and having all of this onus on you to entertain, to cook, to, you know, mm. all this, like, planning involved and everything... That can be fine, but unless you have a solid rotation system set up, uh-huh. like it's not going to work out as well. Yeah, eventually, you know, someone will feel overburdened by it. And also, then you do have the possibility mm-hmm. of someone putting in more effort than another person does, and then the person who put in more effort feeling like, well, I, you know, I spent like a hundred bucks setting all this up, yeah, and you yeah. just you just ordered pizza and said, let's do whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like. 
So I think anyone putting in a little bit something every mm-hmm. time definitely helps even those things out. Yeah. But also, like I said, then like you feel necessary to be there. You know, like there's been times where even and like this can backfire. I will let me just qualify that right now. This uh-huh. can backfire if you have your friend Mark and you say, Mark, can you bring the drinks? And Mark's like, Cool, I would bring the drinks. Ten minutes before game is about to start. I can't make it. Mm-hmm. I have an emergency, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Or and Mark shows up sans drinks. And he, and he goes, <laughs> yeah. completely forgot. Sorry. You know, then you're kind of up a creek without a paddle, uh-huh. as they say. And then, I mean, you can always send someone out to go get them. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a, a bump. But, you know, life is all about rolling with the punches, mm-hmm. you know, so it's fine. Yeah. We'll figure this out, you know. <laughs> and then, of course, the idea about uh, even deciding what game to play, you know, I think. There's many different ways you can do it with terms of, you know, how we sometimes do it where, let's say, Lauren is the game master of the night and she chooses what to play. But we have a Uh nice clear rotation of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what we've done is we've created a rotation. Mm -hmm. So we have like a weekly, like every week it's somebody else's pick. And we kind of did a predetermined thing to decide what the rotation is. Right. Or like, you know, if you don't want to do that, then maybe if someone wasn't able to bring something that night, then you Mm -hmm. could just give that honor to them for who picks the first game. Yeah. Right? Like, let's just say that we have five people coming and I've already doled out drinks and dessert and appetizers someone else. Then, okay, number five, you can pick the game that we play. Uh-huh. You know? or, or even, like I said before, bring one yourself. Yeah. You know, so everyone putting into the entire pot, metaphorically speaking, uh-huh. helps it all, you know, kind of congeal better. Yeah, because it can, one, it can be really hard to decide on a game. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of get that whole, like, where everyone's just like, I don't know, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? Or you get the, you know, where even with voting, you know, yes, the majority will win, but it might not necessarily be fair to everyone because there might be someone who's just like, you know, I really don't want to play that game anymore or things like that. So it kind of gives everyone that opportunity to be like, no, we are playing this and I get to decide. Yeah. You know, and and it is still fair because, okay, next week you get to decide, you know, so it changes up, but it allows people to kind of have more of a say. Yeah. Um, Another way to make people feel fully included is to encourage their game. Mm -hmm. A lot of people get too caught up in the fact that games are competitive. Uh Yeah. And they only focus on their game and what they have to do to achieve said goal, to Mm -hmm. be the winner. And while that can be all fun and good, if someone's not fully invested in the game as much, you know, it might be because this isn't a game uh-huh. or they don't understand how it's played or whatever. And sometimes just encouraging them mm-hmm. can like help them refocus their mind yeah. and like enjoy, even if they're not having a winning, they can still have a good time with it. Yeah. Well, and you know, there, when someone does something like has a really awesome play or gets a really high score Or if you're, you know, we're talking like maybe like a Dungeons and Dragons scenario where they do, they have a really great role or they do something really clever, you know, encouraging them and pointing out like, oh man, that was like, you just got an awesome combination or you got such a great pick. Did you really just use a chicken to bribe the guard for a maximum (laughs) security prison to walk away? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like just, you know, even if sometimes someone gets like, oh man they got an awesome role and like they're like they're gonna be so far ahead of me mm-hmm. like not focusing on what it's doing to your game yeah but being just like oh wow that was really awesome that you did that yeah or you got that like you you're doing really good like yeah i'm not doing so great but you're doing great I mean, you everyone know? loves like, to be complimented yeah and a compliment especially in a kind of stressful like competitive environment can actually go a long way and almost disarm like the the more like guarded 
sensibilities uh, that people might have, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you can swoop in for the kill. <laughs> no, but yes, give them compliments for when they do something good or surprising even. Just like, oh, wow, like, that's a really interesting move. Or even if something goes badly. Like, if something goes really poorly, you could liven the mood by, like, as I like to do, like, extraneous storytelling. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not d d like, if you rolled a one and, like, you're doing risks, like, so your guys came in and they're like, can we all just get along? And then my guy's just like, stab. Yeah. You know, like, it, it's funny. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, know your audience. If someone is, like, really, like, not ha- in the mood for jokes, then, like, uh-huh. don't go down that road. This one comes with a qualifier. Yeah. But I think it can, like, okay, yeah, that was kind of silly, you know, mm-hmm. that my ten giants could stand up to your one hobbit, mm-hmm. you know, and he was just mowing people down. Yeah, or even... You know, ticket to ride, you're trying to do a tunnel and you have to put down, you know, so many colored cards mm-hmm. and you you can't, like, if you don't have enough cards for it, you can't do it. And so you could be like, oh, well, you were, see, so you were tunneling, but you hit the granite and you couldn't have the, Well, I remember know. one time specifically <laughs> you were doing that on the European map. You did it like three or four turns yeah. in a row and I was the one flipping over the cards and you were getting angry with me. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I think you need to stop playing the, um train tycoon game there's clearly something really valuable in that mountain i think you might have hit a diamond pit you should like just go for that that's your new future whatever's in there it is worth it to you (laughs) you know and like just kind of a random thing like that can like Mm -hmm. once again disarm a bad mood like go oh it's kind of stupid and funny and Uh and then it'll just kind of you know liven people up a little bit Mm -hmm. you know also of course you want to make sure that you select games that everyone will at least have some enjoyment with. Yeah, I think one of the things like we don't we don't have very many of them, and I I think one not only would we are we unlikely to get games like this, but also I don't I think it's a trend that's going away is games that have player elimination. Yeah, because that's never fun like to be the first person eliminated and then not being able to do anything mm-hmm. unless it is um, Oregon Trail. And you get to tease somebody all night about how they died of dysentery. That was me. <laughs> Very first, first time we opened the box. Yeah. I shuffled the deck beforehand. We played out, I'm first player, first card, you have died of dysentery. Yeah, and it just happened. Immediately. So this was um, our friend's game, and they had just happened. To, they gifted him with a shirt that said, I have died of dysentery. And they said, I can only get it if I actually did. And he, right away he did. So I immediately <laughs> changed outfits. I said, I will be right back. But, like, so, yeah, that was kind of a funny example of player elimination. But in general, I would say we tend to stay away from player elimination because it just, it, like, automatically puts a weird damper on the night and it automatically discludes somebody. Well, also, how fun is it to then be like, I guess I'll sit here and watch you exactly, play this for the yeah. next hour. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the epitome of non-inclusive then. Right. So what I recommend is if you do have a game that has player elimination, of some kind or another. Like, one of the games that we do have that I greatly enjoy is the King of Tokyo, King of New York series, mm-hmm. where your giant kaiju monster is breaking buildings and everything, but that does have player elimination. One thing that I do enjoy in that game is doing a home variant or homebrew version where you can make up a role for someone who's out to still play. Mm-hmm. So my one is... There was actually um, this spin-off, or like kind of like the Pepsi to Godzilla's Coke, called Gamera. It's like a giant turtle that can spin with rockets uh-huh. and stuff. And there was this weird part in the movies where there'd be like these two little like kids that would like sing songs, and they would like energize Gamera, and he'd uh-huh. be like, "I'm fighting again." So for my thing, my homebrew role is that if you're out, you are now the singing school children. You only get two dice. <laughs> so you don't have like all the six or eight dice uh-huh. that the normal monster has. You only get two dice, but you can select 
which monster to support uh -huh. each turn. So, like, if Lauren was the one who knocked me out, maybe I never support her ever again because she knocked me out, and I'll go support our friend Kevin instead uh -huh. because I want him to win, not <laughs> Lauren, you know? And so I can roll the dice, and then whatever I get there, he gets as a bonus for his next turn. So, like, you know, that's a fun way to do mm -hmm. that. So that way you're not... You're out. Yes, you're not going to win, but you still have a meaningful contribution to the game. Yeah, you're still, you're still part of the group. Yeah, you're still part of the group, and you're still... You know, rolling the dice, you're still taking your turn. It's just your turn is now different mm -hmm. from what it was, you know. And there's lots of other play elimination games where you can do things like that, you know. But, I mean, I've even heard of In Risk, where, you know, the ultimate play elimination game. Uh -huh. Where the person who's eliminated, every turn they get X number of soldiers that they can then gift to other players. Uh -huh. So, I mean, if they want to gift it to the person who's the strongest and just like, just wipe it out. We'll just get mm -hmm. this over with. Or if he wants to give it to the person who's in the weakest position and say, hope you can do better with this. You uh -huh. know, it's kind of your choice. But definitely your game should be short and sweet. Mm -hmm. I think. No one wants to have a game that's dragging on too long. Yeah, even that if can start to get annoying Even too. if it's a non-player elimination game. Uh -huh. If it's, oh, we've been playing this for three or, hours. Or, you know, games that like, one person's turn takes hours. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a, a quick way to disengage the rest of the crowd. And then when it's the next player's turn, they'll have to look up from the phone and say, okay, so what happened? Yeah, exactly. The phones come out, the the engagement goes down. Yeah. The second a phone comes out, you know you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like, you know. Um, and then, of course, some games and some people uh, don't necessarily mix because of some previous condition, like... Colorblindness. Yeah. So a lot of games nowadays are getting better about it. Like Ticket to Ride, as colorful as it is, if you actually do pay attention, they do have symbols mm -hmm. that are unique to the different colors to help you with that. You know. Yeah, but some... I remember that, that was something that like blew my mom's mind when yeah. we first started introducing her to that game. She loves Ticket to Ride, um, and she kept going like, "Well, what do these symbols mean?" And I was like, "Oh, well, they're if you're colorblind." And she's like, "Oh, that's so cool that mm -hmm. they like thought to do that." But, yeah, you know, there's all sorts of different things like colorblindness, dyslexia, mm -hmm. even some physical disabilities that a person yeah, might have. Yeah, there's also just, you know, some people just have a really hard time with, like, hidden traitor games. It can be a lot of pressure to be like, oh, well, mm -hmm. I'm the traitor and I have to be secretive and I don't know how to do or this. Or some people just have trouble imagining scenarios. So, like, yeah. something like Dungeons & Dragons is not going to work out for mm -hmm. them, you know. And then, you know, at the end, I would just recommend, really, check in with everybody. Mm -hmm. Every game night. You know, usually you have the winding down period, you know, where everyone's kind of like, you know, okay, we're done with the game. Maybe we're just doing the last bit of social catch up, you uh -huh. know, before everyone leaves. But just kind of like get a pulse of the audience and be like, so how did you enjoy it? You know, mm -hmm. like, what was your favorite part of the game? Yeah. Right? And what was your least favorite part of the game? Well, and I think it's good too, even during the games, to kind of like keep assessing what is, what's the mood and what's the energy level, mm -hmm. you know, kind of get a sense of, do I, do I need to kind of do things myself to help wrap this game up, possibly? Yeah. Am I, am, you know, is there a way that I can make this game quicker? Or should I suggest another game? Should I not suggest another game? Can I tell people are getting kind of tired? They may want to play another game, but let's go simple. You know, so yeah. you, you as, like, the host can also kind of gauge things as well as the game's going along and take that pulse. I would definitely recommend that. Do not be afraid to cut your losses mm -hmm. with a game. If a game is going on way too long and it's not working out, have an arbitrary rule, run it by the group first, and say, okay, like, let's be frank. I think we're growing tired of this game. It's dragging on. Uh -huh. Let's say this. Everybody gets one more turn. And at the end of that, 
Uh-huh. We decide who the winner is. Yeah, and I, I know for sure, like, during our own game nights, there have been times where I've given you the look as, we need to wrap this up because, like, I'm exhausted and want to go to bed. I know that look. Um, and, you know, and usually and it's because... And I'm like, but I'm six turns away. Yeah, and usually it's because Greg is, he's doing these elaborate rounds and he's talking a lot and I'm just like, oh my god, dear, you, I need, very, to, you need to speed this up. I do <laughs> have to talk quite a bit. He does. He is, like, yet, I always laugh. And yet, what's my win ratio? Very low. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I always laugh at him because I'm like, your turns take so much longer than mine. And you're like, well, I have to think about all the different possibilities and all the different outcomes. And I'm like, and how does that work out for you? I'm still beating you. <laughs> I just, I, I, I have to believe that, you know, the processing of it all will be beneficial. <laughs> he loves it. He loves that I beat him all the time, though. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, too, like this idea of inclusivity and these these tips and tricks, it's not only for board games. You know, you can also apply this to our other favorite topic of escape rooms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, escape rooms are meant to be a group activity. I mean, they're, you know, I have heard of some people who want to do escape rooms by themselves. Um I guess you can do that. I'm sure it's an interesting experience. More power to you. Yeah, I'm sure it's a very interesting experience. But, you know, there is something fun about doing this as a team. And it's a, you know, it's all about teamwork and it's a group effort. And that's the thing to take into consideration when you're doing escape rooms. It is a group effort. It is teamwork. It is not an I. Yeah. It is the group. And so, you know, I think when you're talking about trying to make sure that everyone's having a good time and everyone's included when it comes to escape rooms, it's important that, you know, don't you or don't let anyone else become the boss of the room. No. You know, there are times, I could, I would say, where maybe someone has to kind of step up and momentarily be a leader mm-hmm. and say, I think we should do this. If, you know, oh, everybody's kind of at a loss and no one's willing to say, you know, we, we need a hint. You know, there's times where we will all be like kind of, oh, should we get a hint? We're kind of stuck. And at one point, one of us just does say, we're getting a hint and ask for the hint, yeah. you know. Or there's times where there's a puzzle where clearly someone has to take a very specific role. Yeah. That will be giving orders or directions of some kind to Uh other people. And, you know, like, that's fine. Like, yeah, someone has to be, like, kind of the caller or the leader of this, you know. But, yeah, typically it shouldn't be like, okay, Lauren, you go check that corner. Yeah. look under that, like, okay, coach. Yeah, or I'm doing this. Or, you know, this is mine. Or, you know, like I said, avoid that kind of anyone being the boss of the room. You know, it's one thing if someone needs to take leadership momentarily, but... It's, you know, it's another thing to kind of take over and make all the decisions. The other thing about escape rooms is they're all about communication. If you don't have good communication between everyone, you're probably not going to succeed. And that's important. You need to talk to everyone. You need to tell people what you're doing. Explain to them what you're doing. Um, Tell them what you found and things like that. And that's another way that you keep everyone feeling included. Um, The other thing is to share. You know, something that we will do very often is, you know, we're working on something and then you get to the end and, you know, you pass it to the the person you're working on with and say, you unlock it, you know. Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, we've had that too, especially with newbies and stuff, where if we're playing a room with some people who haven't done it and we're helping them solve something, then we give them the experience of, okay, well, now you use the key to unlock it or you yeah. input the code or something like that. That's how great is that feeling? Yeah, it? because, yeah, we want them to have that great feeling of like, oh, I did it and I, I'm i the one doing the and reveal. And also, it feels good to give that to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a room that we did recently that we'll talk about in a different escape room report, not the one for this month, but uh-huh. probably the next month and month after, where we did sort of a King Arthur 
uh-huh. one. And we found the sword in the stone. And I easily could have just gone up and said, got it, you know. <laughs> but I was like, no, I think we need a queen of England. Lauren, and I, I ushered you forward, you know. And I even, like, sat in, like, the little, like, bench seat that they had mm-hmm. there. Like, I want to get a good view of this. <laughs> you know, and it was good. Like, you had mm-hmm. a big smile on your face. You're like, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to let you do it, but then you said no, I could do it. No, come on. So. <laughs> come on. I grabbed the Holy Grail. Yeah, I remember true. I was like, I'm grabbing that cup. And you're like, yeah, you sure are. <laughs> um, the other kind of thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to, like, group inclusivity in um, escape rooms is rooms that are linear versus non-linear rooms. Uh, yeah. And w- when we say this, so a linear escape room is an escape room where you can really only do one puzzle at a time because they each lead to the next one. Yeah. So a good example of this would be like, okay, I have three boxes. I have to unlock box number one. It will give me what I need to unlock box number two, and that will lead me to what I need to unlock box number three. Otherwise, and box I, three is impossible. Yeah, and I have to do it in that order. And that is, you know, a lot of escape rooms fall into this category. Not all, but a lot of them do, especially rooms that may be a little bit older Mm because that used to be kind of the common thing. It's not a super creative way to do rooms. It's not definitely not our preferred style of room. Um, And it's not very good for inclusivity and engaging a group of people. It's fine if you're saying maybe two, three people, but anything more than that, when you have something where it's just like, there's only one thing to work at and then we can work on the next one. Usually it's not something that we can all work on, you know, very rarely. And And so people are, end up being the outliers who are watching what's happening. And I mean, the other people in the room, they could be examining the other, what are clearly going to be markers or milestones in the process Uh and like say like, okay, clearly I'm missing this. If I had this, then I could decode it. Uh Right. So they can make some progress with that mentally. But at the same time, like, until you get that piece that you're, you're missing... You're just an observer. Really, you're just, like, theorizing. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's just... It's very... Uh, it's usually really um, not in- inclusive for the whole group. It You know, it, the best rooms are rooms where there's... You know, there's not necessarily a linear path. There may be some yeah. progression. But where you're working on one thing, someone else can be working on something else. I mean, yeah, it, you could say, well, then I don't get to experience what maybe they're doing to the fullest. But then we'll have that conversation, share stories afterwards. Yeah, and I, I think that there's kind of, there has to be maybe a little bit of a combination of both. Um, I would say, I'm not going to say that just if a room is linear, a big group can't do it. I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule. Mm -hmm. But in general, we have found that linear rooms don't work for a large group. Even a group of four, there's been plenty of rooms we've done that are linear where, you know, two people are working on something and the rest of us are just standing there watching them Mm -hmm. or walking around the room just looking around. And you don't want to be like, tag out, tag in, you know, Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just all of us standing in a single file line like, okay, it's your turn. Like, you know, I did my puzzle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's why I think, you know, if you can, it's hard necessarily to know if a room's going to be linear or non-linear when you start out. But if you can find that out, it will greatly help you uh, maybe avoid some bored members of your group. Because once again, in escape rooms, you want everyone engaged, everyone having a good time, everyone working together as a team. Overall, I think we decided or, you know, discussed ways to include people in any kind of a social setting Mm -hmm. that involves either, you know, gaming at home or gaming out in the big wide world of escape rooms. (laughs) But sometimes, you know, you may not know everyone who's in the group. True. 
you know, a lot of times we'll have someone be, oh, can I bring my friend Samantha mm-hmm. to the group? Like, you know, she's fun and, you know, I'm sure that she'd like the group. Sure, why not? Bring her over. But it's so hard to, like, break into a new group and, like, yeah. get to know people. For for them and for the people hosting it, yeah. too. Because, you know, it's, for for them on the outside, they're like, I, I don't know any of these people. I don't uh-huh. know, like, what the social limit is or not. And they're going to say, I, I don't want to offend this new person. Yeah, and it's easy when, you know, you're part of this group to just still talk to your group your normal group and Mm -hmm. just talk about the things that you guys all share or the inside jokes that you all know. Right. So for our dice roll segment, we thought we'd share with you guys some good icebreaker games to kind of get to know your new players. (laughs) So I think right off the box, one of the like most common icebreaker games Mm -hmm. that a lot of people will go to. Don't break the ice. Little penguin falling through the thing game. Yes. I would say anything that is cooperative is often probably something people would go to. I would say my only fear with cooperative games that you need to be careful of is cooperative games can often end up with people, certain people being the boss. Table captains. And just, yeah. yeah, table captains. And someone just, okay, this is what we need to do. And people kind of taking over other people's rounds. So you do have to kind of be careful of that. But the nice thing about for an icebreaker game is, you know, that kind of allows everyone to work together so that one person doesn't feel like, oh, I'm not doing good or I don't understand, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's kind of like why we talk about how it's, all you know, uh, Cooperative games are also good for introducing newbies because it kind of takes that pressure off a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I would say um, any of the Forbidden series, those are all good cooperative Mm -hmm. ones. I would just always recommend with cooperative games and people who haven't played them yet, if they ask for help, Mm -hmm. list options. But don't tell them what to do. But don't tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. If they decide to go and do something that you think is non-optimal for your game... Let them do it. Because if I am constantly being monitored for my game choices and you're nitpicking every little thing I do, I'm not going to want to play that game anymore. And it's not really cooperative then. Yeah, it's more like uh, it's more like work. Mm-hmm. Like my supervisor's watching over my shoulder being like, did you file your TPS report? I don't think you did. <laughs> so yeah, definitely cooperative ones like we said, like uh, Pandemic mm-hmm. is a good one because everyone yeah. has a unique role and can feel can feel valuable to the team and what they can contribute, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. And like, of course I would say, know the game. Uh-huh. And some roles are easier to understand than others. Mm-hmm. So For sure. if that applies to the game, definitely I would maybe lay out a few options for them for here are ones you can pick from, give a brief explanation of each one and then let them choose. Mm-hmm. You know, don't say like you should be the medic. Yeah. Be, no, you can be the medic, you can be the scientist, you can be this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the researcher. You know, and then from there, let them kind of discover the game on their own. One that I think is a good icebreaker game is one that kind of lets you get to know people's personalities, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of let them share about it. And this is a game that we have that we haven't played too often, but I'm actually looking forward to trying it again sometime soon. It's called Friend or Foe, where you actually have sort of icebreaker questions like... Yeah, I mean, if... I'm trying to remember with friend or foe. Um, I, some of those questions, if I remember, can be a little bit risque and a little bit like divulging private but, information. But the thing about friend or foe is that it is color coordinated for types of questions True. and difficulty. Mm-hmm. So if you don't go into the deeper, like darker colored cards, mm-hmm. it's actually a great icebreaker game because it will be like opinion questions. You know, like yeah. if I found $5 lying on the ground, 
what would I do with it? And then people write the thing and then you share with yeah, it. Yeah, because it, it can be hard because it can get into a point where it's like, it'll ask such a, private, a personal question that you're like, I would never know that about that person. Yeah. And I mean, and the game even lays out for you, like, here's the line of like where it starts to get kind of personal. Yeah. So if you don't want to get there, don't go into the yellow cards or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So the game itself gives you that warning. Yeah. But as long as you're willing to like not go past that limit, uh-huh. like there's lots of great opportunities to have fun. And we even had some... Uh, something happened where one of our friends uh, named Chris pulled a card and he's like, you know, which of my ex-girlfriends do I most dislike or something like that, you know? And like, no one knows who his ex-girlfriends are. Yeah, because we haven't known him. I mean, we're good friends with him, but we haven't known him for years and years. So I don't keep track of that information. (laughs) Yeah. So instead, I just did a joke answer. I said, Khaleesi, Mother of Dragons, you know, Breaker Chains. And I just like listed all the names I could for Game of Thrones character at that point. And like, it was great. And I won the point because he's like, (laughs) yeah, right there. So like, you could even like, if it's a question that would normally be impossible for someone Mm -hmm. who is... Um, you know, uh, newer or not as well known, at least, to the group, just modify it. Be like, okay, guys, we're going to do this, but it's going to be all fictional characters. You know, Mm -hmm. so like James T. Kirk. Yeah. The guy who most recently dumped me at the mall, you know? (laughs) Um, I would say, like, kind of going off that a bit, I think... One um, one game that a lot of people would might go to, it's kind of an easy go-to, would be something like Cards Against Humanity or one of the many um, kind of similar games that are out mm-hmm. there. Um, and I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, the good thing about Cards Against Humanity is, first of all, it's easy. You don't, you know, it, it's nice to know the people, different people's sense of humor, but you don't necessarily have to know that. Right. Um, it gets everyone laughing usually mm-hmm. and it, you know, it can be really silly and get people talking and stuff. The only thing you do have to worry about is it can be, because it is more risque, it's not always everybody's cup of tea. But there's it, lots of other options that are very similar. Yeah, there's exactly. Super fight. Mm-hmm. There's even the child-friendly apples to apples, which is just like cards. It gets, uh-huh. It's just like... It's all uh, safe for work, as they yeah. say. Kind of yeah, stuff. we have something, another one that's a little bit similar that's um, called uh, Awkward Family Photos, which is based on, obviously, the site Awkward Family Photos. Um, it's a little bit similar, but it's not as risque, but it's kind of the same idea. Doesn't it, it use movie quotes? It uses movie quotes with Awkward Family Photos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, like, sort of, like, caption the photo. Yeah. So. Yeah, but when, anything like that where it gets people, like, all laughing and stuff, mm-hmm. I think is always um, a good icebreaker game. Oh, definitely, yeah. One that I think is a good one as well to kind of get people laughing and, you know, kind of also show off a skill. Maybe someone has a good artistic skill uh-huh. is telestrations. Yeah, or on that same note, laugh acronyms, which is also similar. Yeah. So in either case, someone has to draw something, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's kind of their interpretation of what they're drawing, you know. In the case of laugh acronyms, you're taking an acronym uh-huh. like LOL and changing it to mean something else than the original yeah. and acronym. Then, and then you're drawing a picture to depict that. Right. Or in the case of telestrations, it's kind of like the telephone game where you have a word and then someone draws it and then someone writes the word that they think that was supposed to be and you Uh see how well it devolves from its Mm -hmm. original like context or meaning and it's a good fun game like that plus also it's it's good to just you know it it can be profane or it could be innocent depending on the group itself sometimes even bad drawers will do something clever so even if they're not a great drawer it's i am the most terrible drawer in the world and 
couple of our friends are really great artists. Yeah, that, and, that is difficult in our group because we have two people who are artists in our group. <laughs> but even my poor, poor drawings have won the day in some just cases because just the, because yeah. I had a very clever uh, mm-hmm. analogy to pull up. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say another one that we've had great success with, um, we actually had a party where at least half the attendance nobody knew because it was like someone just invited a bunch of friends as well oh, yeah. to the party. And we played Cash and Guns. Mm-hmm. And that was another great one where you're, you know, randomly drawing foam guns at people. And, it's, and the relationships <laughs> that get broken. Yeah, and formed. <laughs> yeah, the relationships that get destroyed in that. Like, I remember you pointed at me like, really? Why? And you're like, you know why. Yeah, but I was. it's just a quick way to like, I don't know, once again, get everyone laughing and talking and, you know, strange uh, alliances that you would never think are formed and um, rivalries that you never thought Mm -hmm. are formed. So it's just, it's another kind of fun. Plus, then the new person or persons can be like, almost like bought votes. So like bought guns. Like, hey, I will pay you $5,000 if you join me Mm -hmm. to take down Kevin. Yeah. He he needs to go down. And, And that's the thing too, is it also like... You maybe as the host don't necessarily have to do all the work of making sure like the new person is entered in the group. The entire table kind of gets to do that yeah. in this game. Right. It's a very, um, very, very humorous thing. Mm-hmm. The only downside I would say is that you are pointing foam guns at each other. Yeah. Which like they're clearly fake guns. There's no way you can. Uh, can but do some them people, for you. kids, don't like it. I know. Yeah, and some people, if especially they had a life experience, might be triggered by mm-hmm. that. But you know. Just say, like, hey, we're going to play this game where we point fake guns at each other. Are you cool with that? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's, no? it's all okay, in good fun. Okay, I'll go grab a different box. Yeah, it's all in good fun, though. Yeah. And then uh, the other one that I wanted to share that I think is another good kind of picking the brain mm-hmm. of the person that you're playing with is concept. Oh, yeah. Where you have a word in front of you that is something, whether it's a, a noun, a popular phrase a moment in history something you know Mm -hmm. and then you have this fantastic board in front of you that has pretty much every kind of description of a thing with pictures only so they have the colors they have tall versus small versus many versus one versus Uh person versus place you know all this stuff and you have to just put down little markers to say like man tall hat black Mm -hmm. and you have to be like what is that? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln, you got it. Kind of thing like uh-huh. that. And you can really see like how people's brain are processing, you know, and especially if you do like a team competition, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like the new charades, if you ask me, you know, yeah. where you're not acting out physically, uh-huh. you're just moving little cubes around on a board. I think that's very fun. And also you can even use the cubes to denominate something. Like if you stack a bunch of cubes on top of themselves, like a tower versus just putting multiple side by side on that square. Could that mean something different? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's uh, a very fun and unique way to put a good spin on an old classic game like charades. Mm-hmm. Because people will be like, oh, no, charades is kind of like passe and yeah. overdone. No, thank you. Uh-huh. Plus, charades also has the problem of having the socially and anxious people of like, I don't want to stand up in front of people. Yeah. And, and then they contort my body and, in yeah. a way that will make me embarrassed. Here, I'm just putting a green cube on the board and saying like, do you get it? Uh-huh. You know, so it's, it's kind of, it takes the fun of charades and takes away the social anxiety that some introverts or uh, even just people who are new to the group might have. Mm-hmm. 
So those are all good um, ways to kind of break the ice and get new people, um, you know, used to a group or just to get a whole group of people used to one another. Mm -hmm. Staying on this theme, low of inclusion in games, let's have a very inclusive escape room report. Well, we have a special guest with us. We do. Okay, Greg, it is our escape room report time. It is. And we've got another good one for everybody. In a previous episode, you will have heard us talk about a company that we have out here in L.A. called 60 Out. Mm -hmm. And 60 Out has multiple locations around L.A. They're only in L.A. And each location has different rooms. And they have some really amazing ones. And so far, we've only been to this one location. But um, this is our second room we've done. In a previous episode, we talked about their circus room, which is called Hide and Seek. Which was fantastic. Yeah. And then just uh, maybe a weekend or two later, we had an opportunity to go back out. We actually went out and did a room um, because so actually a listener had come out to LA and wanted to do a room with us. Hi, Matt. Yeah. Hi, Matt. And so we had said, you know, we just did 60 out. We know they have this other room. We ended up, we had a promo code for it. We said, hey, you know, we know this will be good. You know, so if you're coming all this way, yeah. let's at least go We to promise room. you. Yeah. Like we've sort of kind of vetted this room. <laughs> yeah. So we chose their cartel room because he's not a big fan of scary rooms. And because in the lobby uh-huh. of this place where we did the hide and seek one, you can see the cartel room entrance, which is literally half of a van sticking out of a wall. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't care. If the rest of the room is garbage, I need to climb inside that van. I need to go into a room by climbing inside a van. I need to say that I've done that in my life, and now I can, and I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the things we do like about 60 Out is the the experience starts before you even get in the room. Yeah. You know, and we, we said that with the hide-and-seek one where you started out the room, you actually climbed up into a gypsy caravan. Mm-hmm. This one, you are DEA agents who are kind of like undercover, Right mm-hmm. with this, and you're trying to fi- find out this cartel, and you literally they have a, like a, a paneled van that's like half in their lobby. You just like see the, the kind that would it. say free candy on the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you literally, they open the passenger door, and you climb in the van, and they close the passenger door, Ooh. and you are inside an actual van. Yeah, <laughs> and w- the one thing that they do here that it's kind of rare that we haven't seen too much, but they give us props before we go in. They actually gave us little dog tags. Oh yeah, they gave us little dog tags. They gave, and I'm like, if I'm undercover, do I wear my dog tag? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it actually, it has some information you need later and they let you keep it. Yeah, so that's a fun decision. Yeah. I lost mine. Uh, I, I saw mine. I, I'll be I'm honest, sure you'll find it. Um, so you're actually in a real van that they've, you know, mm-hmm. kind of hollowed out for this purposes. It has a driver's seat. It has like benches that you're sitting on yeah. and that's where you start the, the room and you, the first task is getting out of that van, which was, <laughs> which was actually kind of hard. <laughs> and to be fair, we did have to use a clue for the first puzzle in this I case, know. but it's just because like we're, we're, you know, like in a van and there's like not really anything else in this van and, and it like, doesn't say anything and like the door look the, the the back door looked like it had some kind of a puzzle on it turns out that wasn't even a thing yeah like, you know and i was like I well don't... it was it it was a thing in that it was a clue to tell us what kind of like what we were looking for yeah yeah but, but like, we actually thought we, we were, were putting to do something all of our attention it. on that clue like this is the puzzle yeah how do i unlock this puzzle <laughs> yeah so so that was the first challenge was just getting out of the van. I was just about um, to kick it open. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And, and I mean, it was fun. It, it, you know, it required kind of a physical interaction, which was fun. 
Um, and then you enter out into what is like a warehouse with meat slabs of meat. It, it, it's like the back of a butcher shop. Yeah. Yeah. There's like slabs of like pig mm-hmm. hanging from like hooks on the ceiling that are like little rails. Yeah. There's like, you know, and it's cold. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they actually do give you jackets that you could put on if you want. It's not super cold, no, yeah, but like there's actually cold. like winter jackets that if you feel yeah. like you could put on. I always wear costumes. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, what What was interesting about this room is before we went, even went in, the game master told us she said the thing about this room that you need to know is that it's a lot more literal than a lot of escape rooms are. Yeah, and that is true. A lot of the stuff you're using are like real things and you're using them in their real application right which is something we've actually encountered before where we've had things and we were like oh well this is this is just this is a tube and i need a power like i need a power cable Mm -hmm. but like in this alien world that i'm in this is a power cable and i'm i'm trying to think of it in my human real world brain and i'm not thinking of it in the story in this room you actually are thinking of it in its real world application so like at one point there's a grate that you have to open Mm -hmm. and you have to use an actual like pulley and winch system like a yeah hydraulic pulley how you would be intended to use it to open it up the thing almost killed me at one point. It did. It started <laughs> to fall again. It, it like lifted up all the way. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go because I have to like duck down. It's like mm-hmm. hands and knees kind of level, you know. And I'm like, cool. I'll go down. And I'm just trying to duck down to hands and knees. And then like it drops halfway down. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Because like it had like some slack and all of a sudden the slack caught up uh-huh. to it, you know. It's like, boom. And then Matt was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. No, put your hands on that. I'm not going to do this without someone. Lord, put your hands on the thing. Yeah. Hold it up. Um, and what I liked about this room is it was there was a ton of like physical interactions where we were physically interacting with stuff. We were having to move pulleys and, mm-hmm. you know, um, we were having to charge actual battery packs that you would use for like a drill. And I had to adjust the AC. Yeah, we had it. Yeah, we like, had as to, lame like, as that sounds. It was kind of cool. Yeah, like I had to like figure out like we found we found this weird like battery thing at one point. And oh, we yeah. didn't know what it was. And then I realized like you guys were off doing something else and you're, oh, you guys were playing with the air conditioner and I was in looking at it and I realized, oh, this is a battery that goes into this. And I actually had to like open up the thing and put it in and then like figure out how to work it. Here's the thing about this room, right? Some rooms are like small room connects to another small room connects to Uh a small room. This room, like the first thing that you're in is pretty much 80% of the room. Yeah. But like, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying like, there's a lot of different directions that you can split up and go into and like, so the fact that you like discovered something like when uh-huh. Matt and I weren't even there, not surprising. At yeah, all. it's not it's not linear at all. Like people very, can be working on very multiple much, things. Uh, Web based. Also, yeah. um, what is similar to kind of what we discovered in their hide and seek room, if you guys listened to that episode, you do have to kind of go back to the other rooms. You're kind yeah. of it's fluid. You're going I love back that and forth so much. You're I really not want just, that to be a new standard. Yeah, you're not just moving to the next room and that old room is dead. You are actually still interacting. You're still mm-hmm. using the whole space. You're still going back to old things. And that's that's really nice. And it keeps it fresh feeling. Yeah. Oh, and they also had interesting, like, on-point props. Because we're supposed to be DEA agents, uh-huh. right? So, like, at one point, we actually find a digital camera with evidence photos on it. That we had to use. And we yeah. had to, like, compare those to the actual crime scene to be, like, what's different? What's missing? What's, you know... Like, what yeah. am I looking for? So that was really cool. Uh-huh, yeah. And our dog tags that they gave us had a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the other thing that was 
they did as well in their um, hide and seek room is they do a lot of really fun things with audio. Oh yeah. Um, like one of the things is when you very first start the game and you're in the van, you actually hear the cartel members talking and they're supposed to be outside the van. Mm-hmm. And they're basically talking about how they figured you out. And like they're going to get you. And they're going to get you, but they, they're going to go, they're just going to leave you to sweat it out in the van and they're going to go grab the rest of the We'll go guys. grab a bite to eat. We'll come back. We'll chop them up. Not a big thing. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of your motivation for we have 60 minutes to get out because they're coming back. Mm-hmm. And so we need to get out of this van and we need to get out, you know, we need to figure out where we are and everything. You know, I thought was really interesting too. The fact that there's so many different places in this room mm-hmm. where they could have hidden clues or uh-huh. keys or whatever, but like there was nothing there yet. It's still well themed. Yeah. Like I, it's a cartel. I don't think I'm spoiling too much that you find dead bodies in here. Uh-huh. And at one point I opened this like barrel and there's like all sorts of like body parts. Uh, and I'm like, ugh, I have to dig through these to like get something. Yeah, there's like, literally like huge slabs of meat. They're not real, obviously, but they're like, you know, they look really uh, realistic. It's like the entire size they're, of the pickaxe. They're actually on hooks chained to the ceiling and you can like swing them if yeah. you want. Like, <laughs> But I'm like looking at this like barrel of body parts, like uh-huh. heads and hands and be yeah. like, one of these is going to have something on it and I got to go through this. Yeah, that's and, the And like thing. sure enough, like, not no, no they, like, they, they, it was just like them. cool you know just like yeah and, like you look thing. over one part like great what are you doing i'm like just tossing body parts yeah. all over the place um i think one of my favorite things is so this room kind of almost has like a final countdown in a way mm-hmm. where something happens and essentially let's just say the cartel come back yeah and they are trying to get into the room you're in very hard trying to get in the room they have the like probably one of the coolest effects i've ever seen where they're trying to blowtorch their way in yeah and it actually looks like someone's trying to blowtorch their way in first of all what's cool (laughs) is that this room has what looks like four doors yeah come in and there's all these like like crank handles yeah like almost like you're gonna like like, steering wheel kind of thing you know seal it up and What's cool is like at one point one of them starts to turn and like you gotta grab the handle like nope nope yeah. not today Satan <laughs> nope nope and then another door starts doing it and like yeah. oh, get that door and you're like what it's, so like yeah. all of a sudden we're, we're almost playing like a like a video game of like tower defense you know mm-hmm. like you're like oh it's this room it's this room yeah. it's this room you know it's like it's almost like an impossible like situation and then like forget this let's just like cut our way through like oh god yeah mm-hmm. and then basically what you we ended up having to do is we had to like go back to one of the other rooms and find this prop that essentially we sort of ignored in the first place and use it. And Greg had to go back to the van. Now here's the funny part. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go back to the van and redo something. And the thing is that separated us too. So like at one point, because um, he was in there doing that and I kept saying, okay, we're good. We're good. And you like couldn't hear me. And see what happened was (laughs) I had to get like all the way to the front of the van. It Uh was like near the glove box. I had to like get to, you know, and cause there was like a device there that I had to use. And so like you were kind of going with me while Matt was like at the front of the line, the Uh front line, like doing whatever. And so I was like, okay, got it, go check. And then you left. And as you left, you accidentally knocked the van door to close. Uh And I'm like, I'm just going to be here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I pretty much said, like, I don't know how long I need to do this thing uh, for. If yeah, it's exactly. Or if it's like a one time and done. So I'm like, I'm just going to hold this, keep this device going. I'm going to count to 30 and then I will come back. Sure enough, I come back out. I come around the corner. Lauren's standing there with a gun in her hand. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, there's a dead body in the ground. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. like what's going on? I think my favorite part about this. So you were, you were in the other room and... 
basically what happens is so like this thing opens and Matt, we should say, is afraid of jump scares. Well, it's not so much he's afraid. It's just his first reaction he is to punch. He has a strong fight response. Yeah, he will punch, essentially. Really and nice so... guy. Matt, you're the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. But like, you punch first, ask questions, yeah. maybe. So we know we know this about him because we've had a lot of time to talk to him because we got to this room really early. Um, but we, so he's like, literally like on the floor and he goes, what's in there <laughs> and i'm like well there's a body and so we find a gun and he has the gun and he goes i think i i think i'm supposed to shoot these um these gas tanks and he's like i i just i have a feeling i i'm supposed to shoot these gas tanks meanwhile greg's still in the van <laughs> i know <laughs> so then i finally come back around <laughs> and then you're like why are you shooting gas tanks <laughs> That seems counterproductive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overall, though, this room was really great. It was really um, fun. I, I would still say, like, I like their hide-and-seek room better. No, I, I would agree. But, but this I, room's really good. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, I wish that this room had a bit more of was there is a... There's a certain puzzle you have to do. Well, you have to use different senses to figure out where you are and it wasn't yeah it wasn't super strong one of the senses was like you have to hear and like if you listen closely you can hear an audio clue of like oh that sounds like we're near a playground because i think i hear kids laughing and playing you know so like that's kind of cool but like there was supposed to be some other clue that like was supposed to kind of like narrow down further because you look at a map and like you can see like okay here's a couple Uh playgrounds and stuff you know you have other clues that narrow it down but like one of the other clues is kind of weak and to tell the truth, at one point, we when we were done, and we enjoyed the room immensely. Still, a, A's across the board. Yeah. Fine job. Really great, great time. But afterwards, like later that night, Matt kind of texts us like, why did we have to mess with the AC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, why did we have to mess with the AC? <laughs> yeah. Like, it clearly did something. Yeah. But I'm not blaming this. It was, just, saying that it was funny because we we literally were discussing that on our drive home. Yeah. Because all of a sudden you're like, why did we have to do that? And I'm like, I don't know. And, it's just, and then we get home later that night and he texts us and he's like, why did we have to do this? And we're like, oh my God, we had the same question. And like, granted, it might be that just we didn't realize that it opened something that like yeah. wasn't open before, you know, or maybe we just forgot. But like at one point we were like, hmm. Yeah. It was a fun puzzle, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you know. And I would say one of my one of my only other complaints, well, one thing I should mention is there was actually something that was broken in the room, which they told us ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it was an, another puzzle you had to figure out and it would unlock something. But someone strong-armed But someone strong-armed it and broke the lock. And it was just, it was funny because we figured out the puzzle, like the code really fast. And then the game master comes on. Yeah, that's for the broken one. Sorry, guys. Um, which was fine. But because um, things happen and they, she even told us um, the person, they kind of have someone on staff who's like their person who fixes things. But like, but they weren't, the time, they yeah. weren't there for the weekend. But you know what? I'm fine with that. As long as yeah. she tells us immediately, which she did. Yeah. Hey, FYI, broken. that thing that you just figured out or that you, uh-huh. like, or even if she, if she had seen us spending time, a great deal of time, yeah. I'm sure she would have said, don't worry about that. That's yeah, yeah. But like essentially, we, 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 I was like, with my Greg brain, I looked at it like, oh, that's not a Yeah, exactly. We figured it out right away. Um, but the there is um, at least one point in the room where she had to tell us what to do because it isn't clear. Mm-hmm. And that was my only complaint too about hide and seek, where there's there's a time a point in the room where the game master has to kind of come on and tell you what to do. Yeah, and I wish that like they didn't have to do that. You know, yeah. like I wish it was clear um, what the what we were supposed to do. 
So that that was kind of my only complaint. And all they and in that case, all they had to do was like um, have it written somewhere, you know, or something. Yeah, and like there was also, I mean, the theming of the Zoom is fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, but there was one weird thing that I don't understand why this was. Uh-huh. There's a random wall. Oh, with pictures? There's just random, like, <laughs> yeah. small, like, almost, like, postcard-sized pictures. Uh-huh. They're all, like, three-by-five pictures, and they have, like, little wooden frames, and they don't move. They can't be taken off the wall. They're pretty well nailed to that wall or glued. Yeah. It's not like they're in a pattern. There's nothing to do with any of the puzzles in the room. Like, I get what they're doing. It's essentially I'm, a red herring. Well, kind of, sort of, because it does give you an idea of, like the kind of place that you're in, but there's, like, so many other things in the room. Yeah, like, and you, low, like it, you don't use it, essentially. Okay, because this is kind of, like, drug and cartel-related, uh-huh. it's almost as if, like, there was pictures of, like, from Breaking Bad, that chicken restaurant. Yeah. That, like, they're at. But, like, there would be, like, jackets in the room that have the chicken brothers on there. Yeah. And, like, uh, there's so many other things that I get that information from mm-hmm. that say, like, oh, it's the chicken restaurant, it's the chicken restaurant. They're like, I don't need a bunch of random pictures. Literally put up, like, I was like, is this supposed to be, like, like the U.S. map of like, but only the state capitals. Yeah, so like where they are. Like what is? Yeah, this? I kept thinking it would come into play, and it never really did. And so I was like looking was at like, does it kind of look like a five? Maybe if I turn my <laughs> yeah. head and squint, you know. Yeah, so, um, like, I was a little um, sad that we you have to charge these battery packs for like drills, and we never got to use a drill. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, the battery packs themselves were, like, a cool they, thing. They were a cool but thing, like, but, like, I wanted cool if, like, then you had to, like, like, clap on. Yeah, you know, like, just to unscrew something, but probably they would have so many people stripping screws that they don't want that. Or, like, accidentally drilling themselves. Drilling themselves, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the, the whole, but like... But that's what the waiver's for. Yeah, the whole, I mean, first of all, obviously, breaking, getting, jumping in a van and then having to break out of the van, that was amazing. And then the whole, like I said, there's an effect at one point where it looks like they are actually drilling through um, a door with a um, blowtorch. And, like, I was just like, that that was genius how you yeah. guys did that. I would never have thought to do that, and that was genius. 60 Out is really good at finding that climactic moment and yeah. getting your heart pumping. Yeah, and they're... Making they're, you think, even if the time really isn't a factor, yeah. oh my gosh, time is a factor. Yeah, and I think they're really, they're very high tech. Um, they're really good at setting a scene and making you believe you are in that world. And, yes, very much. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I'm not too much into, like, horror, horror. But, but don't you want to know? But I really want to know about that Amityville one. <laughs> yeah, like, I just want to know. I want to, like, what what cool thing do they do in there? I didn't even see the door for that while we were there. I want to see, what does the door look just like? Just show me the door. Yeah. Show me the door. I mean, when we were there, I almost, like, wanted to say, Matt, I want to show you the hide-and-seek door. Like, yeah. even though we're not doing that room, you should go just see it. Just go down the hallway, look at it. Yeah. In all of its glory. I know. Oh, Ugh. yeah. So we definitely, I mean, they have, we, we mentioned. They have, in, like, four more locations somewhere nearby in have, L.A. Oh, yeah. They're they kind of, like, sp- spread around. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned in our the last time when we talked about this, this is their um, Temple Street location. It's considered their Silver Lake location, which is a neighborhood in L.A. for those who aren't familiar. Um, they have the hide-and-seek room, which is the circus room we did. The cartel room, which is the one we've just been talking about. And they have an Amityville room. Um, but they have so many locations. And like, okay, like I... And they have so normally many Normally I would be tempted to do the Amityville one just for the sake of it's this place. But since they have other locations and they have so many other great themes, honestly, we're going to go do those I mean, first, I they think. Have they have an Alice in Wonderland they one. They have a I Titanic would die for that room. one. They have a Nautilus room. The Nautilus one looks, that looks awesome. Looks awesome. They have a wizard one that looks awesome. They have one I've that's called heard, Grandma's Master Plan and that I've looks actually heard, stupid funny. 
I've actually heard that's an amazing room. I've actually heard nice. Grandma's Plant is awesome. Nice. Um, they ghost have a ship? ghost ship. Da Vinci's Lab or something. Da Vinci's Secret yeah. Outbreak. They have a Doctor one. They have a Galaxy one, which we've, we've technically done when it used to be a different location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually heard this one. They have this one. It's called the Zen Room. And I've actually heard it's really cool. It's a completely white room. Ooh. Yeah, like, it's just, I've heard it's just really weird and different. Oh, they also, they have a fire and ice room, which is a race room, where you're split up and you're in two teams racing each other. Interesting. Yeah. Who would you be, Lauren, if you could choose fire or ice, do you think? I don't know. I would want to be ice. And then, obviously, um, so we, we mentioned um, when we talked about this location before, we had actually previously done a t- um, three 60-out rooms, but we did them before they were 60-out. They actually had bought out another company. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and- like, that company, their rooms were on the same par of quality. Yeah, exactly. So, essentially, all they did was like kind of maybe like fix up a few of the problems yeah, that they I had think, for the other one. Yeah, so the the one the one that everyone knows and the one that we cannot um, recommend more is um, the Krampus room, which yeah. we loved. We actually did it twice. Um, one time in holiday sweaters. Yeah, one time we all wore holiday sweaters. Um, but we we really love the Krampus room. They when they bought out this location, it used to be called Countdown. When they bought out Countdown, they opened Krampus immediately. Yeah, because they're like, there's nothing no, wrong with that room. That's fine. Yeah, they did close the other two rooms, but they have since reopened them. One is called Galaxy Quest, which we did. We don't know. If it was we, just a generic sci-fi one. But yeah, we don't from, know what they changed from the um, the one image that we have to look at. Though it looks, it looks like very similar. One of the coolest freaking puzzles I've ever seen. It's still there yeah, and when we get, guys yeah you get to play with lasers um and we really like that room one thing i am noticing about this is they they rate it as hard so i'm wondering if they maybe made a couple changes because i didn't find that I, room super well, hard when here's we the did thing it. alien that room has the written alien language yeah which can be hard to decipher unless you have my weird brain yeah, like true. I could just look at that language. And I'm like, I can read that. Yeah, but like, um, and you, then you were having trouble with that. So the other one they have is called um, Tiki Time, and that was also a room that they had at this location previously, um, which we did do at the time. It was it was a good room. It was just our least favorite of the three. But that's like but, saying your least favorite ice cream out of your three favorites. Yeah. Um, but they they've owned this location at, at least a year now, and they've just now reopened it. They call it Tiki Time now, and they also rate it hard. And that room also was not very difficult, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it and a, it's actually seventy five minutes too. Interesting. So um, I would say they've probably made a good amount of changes to that room. I'd be willing to try that one again. Honestly, I did have Maybe, a good time yeah. with that. Just. I remember there was that one lock that looks like a turtle that I could not oh, open yeah. for the life of me. Like, I knew what I was supposed uh-huh. to do, but, like, I can't. We also had a lot of people in that room. So that also could be why we got through it fast. We had... We had our entire we, team. We had our entire team, plus we had one one more than actually the room um, would go to. They, gave, they, us special, like, That's cool, they gave us special permission to bring an extra person. I mean, um, she paid her way, whatever. Yeah, which, which is something, too. Like, you should... Usually, you know, a lot of rooms will have, obviously, their limit. Sometimes I've definitely seen rooms where I'm like, okay, that's literally the fire safety yeah. limit. Like, you really don't but have like, enough to do. if you have one more person, ask. Ask, yeah. Maybe they can say yes. You know, yeah. like, go check it out. Or if not, here's what I've always wanted to do. Split yourself into groups of two. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you know, I mean, to two groups yeah. or three groups. And then, like, race. Yeah. You know, like, if you've got, like, extra time, uh-huh. like, compete and see, like, who gets the furthest. Yeah. 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 And there's, like, even a couple of rooms we've done um, where we've kind of said, okay, well, 
maybe we can go back because like the, usually locations have more than one room hopefully we'll say okay we really want to go back and do their other room but our friends didn't do this room so maybe we can go back we'll just wait while our friends I would do be this happy. Room. as soon as they get out just go like right yeah like- and like kind of compare times like how did you do yeah. kind of thing and see who did better you know especially if you like for us we go a lot of times with another couple so mm. it's kind of like, okay, couple versus couple. How did you guys do? Yeah, you kind know? of a fun double date. Yeah. Right? Who Who's the most, who's the dominant couple? <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to personally do boys versus girls. Yeah. I think that would be fun. But then again, that's going to leave a lot of resentment one way or the other. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we. I, I think it goes without saying we can't recommend 60 out enough. And definitely that location Two very solid rooms. I would imagine that Amityville is also just as good. Yeah. Um, and all their other rooms look awesome. I've heard amazing things about Jumanji. The only thing I have heard about Jumanji is that it uses a lot of tech. And if the, the tech has been known to break sometimes. Mm. So that, that we've definitely done that. We've done a room that was very tech heavy and the tech wasn't working. And that definitely put a damper on stuff. But, yeah. But like still, I mean... As long as I can see that the promise is there, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm willing to buy like, okay, you have gremlins today. Yeah. Like they're just in the works and then messing things up. But like, I totally get what you're going uh-huh. for. And I still think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can't wait to do the Jumanji. That's definitely high on our list. Mm-hmm. And especially since I think I heard they have a sequel to Jumanji coming out this year yeah. in like the fall. And one of the reasons it's been so long since Jumanji's opened and we haven't done it is because that room books up like crazy. Yeah. Like, like literally for probably the first couple of months, it was book solid. You could not it's get dance it. dance car was always full. Yeah, yeah. And it's still always booked. So. I, I have an idea. Mm. Can we please coordinate outfits oh yes we, we and, and go like he says that we've already bought hats we've already bought no no, hats. no i mean outfits yeah well like, okay but let's get all khaki yeah we already bought hats to go do this room, i'll take so. an old navy let's go get <laughs> yeah. khaki let's go get some khaki Cartel talking about room. greg's favorite type of clothing khaki let's <laughs> talk about greg's now new favorite for friday favorites This month, one of the things that's really on um, my list of what I want to play um, is something new that I got. It was a Kickstarter that I funded, mm-hmm. or helped fund, I should say. Dungeons and Doggies. Yes. <laughs> and that is essentially D&D, but you are playing as dogs. And Enchanted, elevated dogs. Yes. I think they're called. And um, it comes with a bunch of little dog miniatures mm-hmm. that I'm super excited to paint. Um, if you follow our Instagram, you know that I've been slowly making my way through the stuffed fables miniatures and pretty much as soon as I'm done with those, I think I will be switching over to start painting these little dogs. They're so cute. I have one problem with these Mm -hmm. dogs though. Uh, first of all, oh, two problems. Uh-huh. Uh, they all have a specific breed that they're supposed to represent. Yes. And a specific class. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have the Chihuahua Rogue. Yeah. Or, like, the St. Bernard Cleric. Uh-huh. You know, things like that, which is all fine. But for the French Bulldog, they don't have a class listed. It's just the French Bulldog. Well, it's, like, because Frenchies are cool on their own. No, I think he's supposed to be a fighter. And I believe if you look in the book, he's a fighter. I know. It's just a I mistake on the box. I think it's a mistake on the box. Yeah. yeah. The cool thing is, um, which I didn't realize, so by getting the Kickstarter, we not only got all of the dogs, we also got, like, there's one bonus dog that you get in there that doesn't come in the retail version. And I've actually seen the retail version, and they actually have a part one and a part two for the retail version. So when you buy it, it's almost essentially what I paid for it, but you're getting half the dogs. 
So I'm super happy that we got on in the Kickstarter. My other problem, though, with these figurines for the Uh dogs is normally figurines come not painted. They're like Uh a weird gray or like a beige color. These dog figurines are chocolate colored. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't like that. I think yeah. that's mean. It's also a little difficult like um, to take pictures of them pre-painted um, because they are that dark. color. Yeah, yeah but um, we will be, as, as I start to paint them, you'll see a lot more pictures if you follow our Instagram account. Right. Um, it also, so the Kickstarter, it didn't, um, they didn't come with any booklet necessarily. They actually send you a PDF version. Um, so we actually printed that off. It's super cute. It's super detailed, just like any kind of D&D thing. And honestly, it reads just like um, a newer D&D manual. Yeah, they have um, their own character sheets, which you were totally geeking out they over do. when you saw. They do. Um, and they even have special stats like keen smell. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so it's just re- super cute, really well thought of, um, thought out, I should say. And we, I'm really looking forward to playing it. I'm really looking forward to painting it. Mm-hmm. I've been watching on Instagram. People have been painting them, and they're all super cute, so I can't wait to do my own. Um, I'm a little sad, though, because I know there's a couple painting competitions going on right now for it. I just, you know, I really want to finish Stuff Fables, so I haven't, I don't want to pause that to enter any contests or anything. I mean, one. Good. Yeah. But, just do uh, one and make, do a really good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing that. And we should say right now, probably still on the time that we put this episode out, there's a Kickstarter going. It's already been fully funded, so no risk in contributing now. Um, they are going to be doing a cat version. Was like cats and cauldrons or something? Uh, I think it's cats and catapults, if I'm okay. remembering correctly. Um, but it should be pretty easy to find if you look for it. Um, but yeah, it's also super cute. Same and we're thing. 100% already invested in that. Yeah, I was um, pr- pretty much within like the first five minutes of them releasing. Um, I got on there and bid and they actually um, made their Kickstarter goal within the first 14 minutes. I don't think you understand the power of cat people. I, do, uh, do you remember <laughs> we went to that one game store and there was an entire section of games. There's like British games. Yeah. There was like historical games. And there was literally an entire section of games dedicated to just cats. Well, that's also because it not only was it a game store and place where you could play games, but they actually had cats there. They did, so yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. just saying, cats are a uh-huh. big, big thing for yeah. many people. So, and I totally get it. Yeah, so that's also super cute, and we're looking forward to getting that. Um, being that it's a Kickstarter, not sure how soon we'll get that, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that we got the dog one for the time being. Yeah. So how about you? What is your favorite thing right now? I, I've you know been really thinking about the theme of inclusivity, mm-hmm. and you know it's not about you; it's about the experience that you have with your friends and bringing maximum enjoyment to everybody. And also, I like to live dangerously, and I want to prove to you that you don't beat me all the time. So I want to accept your challenge. We're going to play Potion Explosion. <laughs> that is one of Lauren's favorite games. She—it's so much her favorite game. She bought the board game, the physical thing with marbles. Uh-huh. She also has it on her phone. She plays it like yeah. religiously. Yeah, I do. She, she has like I think. Do they have more than one expansion or just the one expansion? They only have one expansion and we do not have it. No, but on your on phone. On the you app, have this... yes. I have the expansion yeah, on yeah, my yeah. app. Yes. So like she even knows how to play the game more than uh-huh. I do. And I just know that like me walking into like that den of lions is like not going to go well. But like you love the game so much. And honestly, <laughs> I would like to play something that's a bit more tactile. Something yeah. Something I can more feel with my hands uh-huh. than just cards. Uh-huh. So I'd love to play a game of Potion Explosion with you, even if just the two of us. Yeah. Before it's a Friday, lot of fun. even, you know. And it's and plus the little clink sound the marbles make. Yeah. Oh, the... Also, I have another guilty confession. Uh-huh. I've been super getting into the Marble Olympics. Oh, yes. So like. 
any reason to touch and play with marbles, mm-hmm. not a problem. We'll have to link to that on some of our social media. So if you don't know what he's talking about, you can see it it's, yourself. It, they just started the 2019 season. Oh my God. <laughs> so great. I'm telling you, you guys, get a bunch of people together. They For the opening ceremony, they list the names of the teams. There's like mm-hmm. a 16 teams, I think, maybe 12. Just put your money down on one team, have a couple of drinks if you drink, and just enjoy it. I personally, I am an uh, Oceanics. Second for the Limers. You know, uh, the Orangers. No, sorry, I don't like the Orangers. <laughs> People do not know what he's talking about. And when you see it, you will either be... You'll, you'll, you'll either you'll be it. dismayed or you'll be in awe. <laughs> it's, no, it's really great. It's so soothing to watch, and yet it's competitive. And being that this is an off year for the Olympics, it perfectly scratches that itch for Oh, me. yes. Greg loves the Olympics hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yes. He makes, like, um, essentially the same as a fantasy football team for the Olympics. I, yeah, I do fantasy drafting for the Olympics. Yep. It's pretty great. <laughs> Anyone else who wants to join in on this, uh, you know, add us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. If you, you, know. if you if you want to be involved in something like that, just he's always doing something like that. Just so. know that I don't touch Twitter at all. Lauren's the one who runs that. Yeah, but I will get you in But you, she'll pass it along to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that just about does it for this month. I think it does. Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. But rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it really helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Come talk games with us. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.